the brand story and the assets to create the video is already in the brand. It's just a case of a lot of the time knitting that together. You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this e-commerce marketing focus podcast. If you're not familiar with our format, well, each month we focus on a different marketing method like email or SEO or something really left field like storytelling. And each week I interview a different expert to explore the latest advice on making it work for you. This month, we are all about storytelling. It's the first ever time we've done a full month on storytelling. And whilst I said it's a bit left field, it really isn't. I strongly believe that with all the pressures that are coming on at the moment, from changes in the privacy laws to the economic situation to increased competition online and all the other stuff that's going on, if you really want to thrive and survive now and in the coming years, you need to get to grips with how you're telling your story, with how you're creating higher quality content that builds an emotional connection with your customers. So this is a brilliant second topic to be doing in 2024. Essential, in fact, I think, if you want to maximise conversion rates, recruit the right customers and increase sales and profits. There's no one way to do storytelling. So throughout this month, we'll be exploring some different types of storytelling and how to use it in different marketing channels to help you work out how to easily add it into your marketing activity. In this episode, we're kicking off with how to do story within your customer acquisition channels. Our guest is so knowledgeable. He's sharing loads of stuff on how to work out what your story is, on how to pull it all together. Lots of tips that are going to save you so much time and money. But the really key thing I think you're going to love here is his three-part process, build, story, tell, sell, to bring it into the funnel to make the big impact on your customer acquisition numbers and your customer acquisition performance. So by numbers and performance, I really mean to say volume and profit. How can you improve your customer acquisition volume and your customer acquisition profit? That's what we're getting deep into. We'll be talking about how to test your messaging to make sure it's right and then how to expand it as well. There is some great advice coming up. This really is must listen. Do make sure you listen right to the end as well, because at the end, my guests will be sharing some quick fire insider tips to help you maximize the performance of storytelling. And then I'll be sharing my take on it all, plus outlining some more free ways we can help you improve your storytelling even more. So stay tuned to the end. See revenue growth like never before with e-commerce specialist Revenue Growth Agency. Revenue Growth Agency combines powerful storytelling with robust data-driven testing and learning to create impressive full-funnel digital marketing strategies, always focusing on new customer acquisition to fuel sustainable revenue growth over time. Revenue Growth Agency work as part of your own team to get under the skin of your business and your audience. If your brand has hit a revenue ceiling, Revenue Growth Agency has the key to unlock your true growth potential. Get started with a free 30-minute storytelling and strategy consultation. Quote Keep to get your session with Revenue Growth Agency's founder, Andy Donaldson, for free. Book via keepopt.com forward slash Revenue Growth Agency now. And yes, that's a free consultation with this episode's very own guest. Go to keepopt.com forward slash revenue growth agency and quote keep.
In this episode, I'm chatting with storytelling expert Andy Donaldson. Andy is the founder of customer acquisition agency, Revenue Growth Agency. For over 20 years, he's been helping e-commerce brands, especially in the luxury sector, to grow their customer base. And with Revenue Growth Agency, he's turned all that knowledge into a tried and tested revenue growth framework powered by storytelling. Hello, Andy. Hi, Chloe. It's nice to have a chat, finally. It's great to have you here on the show, Andy. Um, How did you end up in the world of storytelling? Wow, that's an interesting one to start with. So I think my experience in digital as a whole and in the marketing world started about 25 years ago. The storytelling element came into focus more in the last sort of two years. And the reason for that is because a lot of the brands that I was working with at the time started to struggle to get some cut through, particularly in the acquisition of new customers. So how do they get in front of people to grow, basically? And no longer is it good enough just to do some paid search or do some social. And so what I found is that using a clever way to tell a brand story is a very, very quick and clean way to get through to an audience very quickly. So that's how I kind of got into it. We started playing around with sort of frameworks and systems of how to use storytelling as part of, of outreach, essentially, within within the marketing space. And that's kind of how it all started, really. Looking at your back history, you've been very much in what I would call the ones and zeros part of e-commerce marketing, the Google ads, the Facebook ads, that kind of we're in spreadsheets and we're optimizing numbers all day long, where copy, let alone storytelling, tends to be almost ones and zeros as well. So I think I think I think it's so fascinating that you've gone from that really core performance marketing space into storytelling. Has that been a a difficult leap or a, or a no-brainer? How do you see it? Well, in terms of the results that we produce using the stories, it's a no-brainer, but it, it does require a, a performance marketing shift. And I suppose the first place to start when we're talking to clients and teams about it is to shift the mindset away from performance marketing into performance branding. So it's quite a different approach mentally to thinking about, okay, so how do we get in front of new customers without having to rely on performance marketing, which actually, if we think about the old school funnel system where you've got upper, middle and bottom funnel, performance marketing really is sort of solidified itself in the bottom portion of that. And so when you're a new brand or when you're an existing existing and established brand wanting to grow further, the only really way to do that is to move into the middle and upper funnels of the system, which we call build, story, tell and sell. But it follows a similar route. And so I observed over the last sort of 10, 15 years that as performance marketing has sort of matured, I guess, that it's actually slid down to the bottom. And so presenting that to clients and talking as much as we can on on LinkedIn, mainly about storytelling and how it it allows brands to move back up to the sort of mid and, and upper funnel is kind of how, how we're starting to move the needle a bit on that, basically. Got you. So everyone comes across with these alternative definitions of what story is, you know, and it's uh, looking for guests for this month. The people who say they're storytellers and what that means to them is so diverse. So for you, as someone who's focused on solid, proper customer acquisition in e-commerce, what what does storytelling actually mean? What, What does it look like? It's a good question because I think storytelling means something different to different people, really. But one of the things that 
I always do, and I did in a in a webinar a couple of months before Christmas, is I try and take people back to Disney, and I try and take them back to a tried and tested 100-year system and framework that Disney uh, have used, which is a seven-stage process. What Disney is very good at is what I refer to as transformation. So they transform people away from their cold flats in London or wherever they want to be and they transform them as part of the story into the place that the story takes them and they do that quite cleverly with a repeatable framework it's not by chance that Frozen and Cinderella and Toy Story are such successes because they all follow the same seven stage sequence and that seven stage sequence is that there's normally a character and the character has a problem and they meet a guide and the guide gives them a plan who produces a call to action and that call to action delivers them into the light into the promised land um, and helps them avoid failure and if you think about cinderella or toy story or frozen or any of those things there is a sequence of events that takes the user from somewhere so storytelling really is a lot about how do you connect that sequence with the brand and what does that brand mean to the audience and what journey can we take them on and i think back to the point about the whole sort of performance marketing thing i think you're quite right in in the sort of binary view of performance marketing it's all about zeros and ones and when customers see an ad, it's kind of like, oh, that's not particularly interesting. But when they hear a story about a brand, they're almost hardwired to listen. And that's why it makes it so impressive. So does a brand have but one story or does the story differ based on who they're targeting or the products? Because, you know, we hear kind of like product story, founder story. I, th- I think sometimes people get a bit overwhelmed with what they could do and what they should do and feel like they have to have 20 stories before they can even start. What does it actually look like in practice? It's a good point because what you don't want to do is have multiple stories within a brand or have a, have necessarily have multiple product stories because it becomes cluttered. And so when you present a story to a new customer, they've got to really engage instantly with that central theme that runs through the business. That's what we, we're trying to aim for. You know, if you look at all of the big brands, Nike, for example, just do it. That's the central theme. And, and the story behind that is that one of their CMOs did a the presentation many years ago about that concept. And he asked everyone in the audience to stand up. And he said, okay, so how many of you run once a week? And he asked those people to sit down. And he said, how many of you run three or four times a week? And he asked those people to sit down. And it got to a point where there was a few left that hadn't really done much running or anything else. And he said, we want the brand to be the one that's standing underneath the lamppost cheering you on in the rain in mid-December. And that slogan, just do it, came from that concept. And so there really needs to be one central theme. And any of the brands that have done it really well, so Disney, for example, do it fantastically well. Steve Jobs uh, with Apple did it fantastically well. It's a way to get cut through beyond anybody else in the space, deliver a USP very quickly about the brand. And really the product messaging and the content and everything else sits beneath that, that central theme. So, for example, Steve Jobs and Apple, he said, look, we we make boxes with computer chips in just like Microsoft and just like many other people. So what he did is he actually produced this brand that dared to dream and that was this box full of ideas and emotions that was waiting to come out and capture the users and deliver them into the promised land of, of creativity. And it was that that made Apple so successful. And so there's got to be, we see it as one central theme and one central story that then you can sort of build all the content ideas off. Got you. So, you, so you've got to get clear on that first piece first. I think you know, when people think about storytelling and retailers and e-commerce brands, you know, the, the mind automatically goes kind of like towards the Christmas ads and all that kind of thing. But 
what I really mean is is not to send us off on a tangent to talk about who did the best one this year. <laughs> what I mean is we think TV ad and we think very much above the line, very top of funnel. We're here talking about acquisition and you're, as we've already discussed, you've got a background deep in traditional performance marketing, if we can call it that. So where does this fit in in the whole of the funnel? Because I've always assumed that the power of a story isn't just that you see the big ad on the telly. It's that that is then replicated via every touch point throughout the funnel, throughout the brand's own website, et cetera, et cetera. So does it become a full funnel piece once you've actually identified it? Correct. Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, we operate this system, which is a three-stage process called build, storytell, and sell. The video sits in the build stage. That is the piece that acquires the new customer. It's the piece that stops them in the tracks and takes them on the journey. But that's not enough in the acquisition space. So we want to stop them, but we then got to build a story beneath that, which essentially is a sequence of ads that holds their hand and gives them the why. So if you imagine in the build stage, the top video piece normally and in most cases is sort of wow that's interesting I'm, I'm hooked we then need to hold a hand from the i'm hooked stage and say this is why you need to look at our products this is why we exist for you as a brand this is why this product exists for you as a brand and then the sell stage is to say oh and by the way here's the product and this is what it looks like on a model or this is how you wear it or this is the size guide or whatever it may be now Interestingly enough, the upper funnel piece of the build stage, the video, most of the time stops brands moving forward. And it's because they think quite rarely, as you declare, where, oh, it must be, you know, cinematic quality. Uh, we need to brief it out, spend 20 grand on a creative agency. In nearly all the cases, the brand story and the assets to create the video is already in the brand. So they've already gone to the point where they've got enough moving picture there's enough understanding of who they are what why a brand exists and why the product is so valuable for their customers it's just a case of a lot of the time knitting that together and we spoke to a brand uh, earlier this morning which is exactly the same case we had the same conversation and we said look what have you got and they said, oh, we haven't got anything so we'll just send me what you've got and within about 40 minutes we'd pin together what is essentially a cinematic quality ad with just purely what they have in the sort of cutting room floor as it were and it doesn't need to be a cinematic quality Amazon stroke Nike type ad. It can be, and that's really useful if we can do that. But actually, sometimes it can be something that's user-generated. It could be a TikTok video. It could be something that sits within the meta platform that is was produced on an iPhone. It's more about the story and how that connects to the audience that sits in the upper funnel that stops new customers. And then once they're in the funnel, they're kind of in the funnel, rather than the production quality or spending... 50 grand on a production piece. Yeah, I think that's kind of almost one of the most important messages when you ever start talking about story or about about us videos is doesn't have to be Hollywood. <laughs> no, absolutely not. You said that the kind of like that big brand positioning story sits in the build phase. So, but then we're going to support it through the storytelling phase and the selling phase to make sure we get as many people through as possible. I'm going to give you two questions on that, which hopefully isn't too overwhelming. The first one is, can we put one of these elements live without the rest being live? Or should we? Is, is there no point in putting the big video live, the build video live, if we haven't yet got the storytelling information to support it? And then the second one is, 
so do we do video further down? Do we do text? Do we do graphic? What sort of collateral, I suppose, are we talking about as we go further down the funnel into the storytelling and into the cell? So the first question is, yes, we ideally do need further collateral ready to, to go. And there's a reason for that. And that is, I mentioned it earlier, the hand-holding side of it. You, you can't convert a new customer with a, a one-minute video, solely one-minute video. They may find it the most interesting video they've seen all day, but bear in mind we get on average 10,000 marks and messages sent to us each day and we ignore 99.9% of them and that 0.0% that we do digest we forget very quickly because we're human beings and that's the nature of the of the brain it filters stuff out and kind of remembers stuff long term and, and removes stuff short term so we need something to remind them and that's what the storytelling stage is all about and without the funnel the initial content piece that is designed to attract and stop people that is new to the brand in their tracks it, it just won't work. And I suppose that's kind of connected to the second part of your question, which is, do we need the other assets ready to go? So yes, we do. Because one of the most simplest tests you can do is use Meta, for example. So a more sophisticated test would be cross-channel, where you've got the main central theme that's delivered across uh, the Meta platform, which obviously includes Instagram and Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Shorts. Um, but a really, really simple test for your audience is to... In the build stage, you use your your existing content to knit together a story that you feel matches the audience that you want to go after, which is really key. Then just create three or four ads. Do it within Meta and create three or four ads that are retargeting ads purely. So the upper funnel build campaign, call it build or boff or top rather, top, top of funnel, whatever you want to call it. Call it something you know that that's the build campaign. That one has to be prospecting only. So you're saying, there's my ad. Add your audience metrics in, whatever you, whoever you want to target. Make sure you know who the audience is first and obviously create that storytelling video for those people particularly. But the middle section, the storytelling section, collects all of your storytelling assets but is a purely retargeting campaign. Just to be clear, clear on this, so the build, the video is going out to people who don't know your brand but who are in your target audience. Then this storytelling, retargeting, I'm assuming that's people who've watched the video is our audience for this, not people who've been to our websites. They have to have watched the build level video. You've got it. And the idea is then that the build stage, the prospecting stage, you can actually exclude people that have been on the website, for example, over the last, say, 30, 90 days, whatever the period you want to look at, we suggest, if you want to make it a true test, say anybody that's been through or seen an ad or been through to our website within the last 180 days, exclude them from, from that prospecting. So you are purely going after your target new audience. Your storytelling is retargeting, and it only shows ads to people that have seen that initial video, as you, as you suggested. And what you can then do is be clever and say, right, well, if people see that ad, I then want them to see that, I then want them to see that, and then that. And we normally suggest somewhere between three and five different types of ads within the storytelling stage. And those ads are normally single image ads. Carousel ads tell a really good story in the storytelling stage because you can have a hero product image and then some small descriptions about it. So what we tend to do there is give a little snapshot maybe into the original build video to remind people and then sequence three or four different images beneath that that sort of tell a bit more about what that person might have seen in that initial video. There's different types of, of ads that you would test, rotate and play around with. And then the storytelling stage at the bottom finishes with the sales stage. And that's where you'd probably want to start to include something with a bit more of a firm 
sales message, which what everyone is doing already. So some of the ads that brands already produce are already made for that that sales stage. I love the way you've explained it because it makes it feel so less overwhelming in terms of what you need to create to get started. And being able to ring fence it so the audience so tightly by using the meta platform enables you to really go, we're confident we've got the right messages in the right places. I assume once you've done that, that's the point where you start rolling this out across, I guess, all the rest of your marketing channels. Well, then it gets a little more complicated. So that example I gave you within Meta is kind of a proof of concept. So you're not going to operate something as small scale as that and, and get from 5 million to 10 million in a month's time. It really is just to prove the concept that the creative's right and that the framework in the system for telling the story to new customers is right. So, so then you need to look at additional channels in the build phase, additional channels in the storytelling phase, and the same in the sales stage. And where it becomes tricky then, when you move outside of an individual channel, is then how do you measure success? Now, within Meta as an initial channel, obviously the overall metrics you can see within the Meta platform, you can see how many times a video has been viewed, how long, you can see CTR, you can see your cost of acquiring a customer, your revenue, your ROAS, you can see all of that in the system. When you introduce cross-channel, it becomes much more difficult and you're then into looking at maybe attribution tools and platforms and systems to sort of help with that. But what I've found is that brands can use those tools and systems and wind themselves down a bit of a rabbit warren of, is this working, is this not? A lot of the time, my job is to wind them back out of those rabbit warrens and just say, look, how much are you spending across all of those channels on your new customer acquisition frameworks okay we're spending 20 grand a month okay great and bear in mind during the same period of you testing this you were doing nothing different what has been the uplift and incrementality in terms of revenue just look at revenue to start with has that increased yes or no well yes it has okay and are there any mitigating factors are there any sale periods are you normally up this time of year anyway are you doing an extra massive pr push at the time try and do the tests when that isn't none of those things are happening you've got a really base metric to say well actually okay fair enough so we can see the wider business impact that this is that this is having and often enough that is enough to start to sort of say right okay so this system's working and let's you know let's let's widen this out and widening it out really is where the scale and the exciting bit is because you can start to look at things like sky television as far in terms of delivering the, the upper funnel activity you can add multiple different channels in different retargeting platforms there's all sorts of stuff you can add in each of the three build, storytelling, and sell layers. It becomes very easy, very quick to scale once you've done that little test. Got you. Brilliant. And um, thank you for mentioning the attribution thing, because yes, I think attribution is important, but I always think the most important thing about attribution is deciding what the practical way to use attribution is, which could be the very top view, as you said, because fundamentally that's what our businesses survive or die on. Um, but let's let's not get into the attribution debate because we will be here for, I don't know, the next three days, maybe? Possibly. Andy, is there anything we've missed we should let the audience know before we head into the insider tips? Anything you want to add? I think a first step forward is the most important. Just do it. Just make a start. In the conversations that I have when I start to talk about the upper funnel activity and how to how to start it, I think there's this big sort of inhalation of breath of, wow, this is not something that either we've got, can do, can afford to do. There's plenty of ways. Most of them are zero cost 
to build your brand's story. And we often say that there's a formula. Your brand story plus desire is the route to new customer acquisition. So just have a think about what is our brand story and what desire, and what I mean by desire is what is the problem that our brand on, on, our, on the products that sit beneath is solving for the target audience. Is it a waterproof system? Is it a fashion system? Does it make them look great, feel great, smell great? You know, what is that thing that we can start to get them engaged and moved along the journey? But don't worry if your first version of this isn't great. And don't worry if it doesn't get the highest CTR. The first baby step on the route to creating your brand story is the most important. Yeah. And as I'm sure we're going to say again and again this month, this is what you all need to get to grips with if you want to see your customer acquisition really thrive in 2024 and beyond. Now is the time to get your heads around this. Right, Andy, it's been great picking your brains about storytelling for customer acquisition. Listeners, remember to stay tuned right to the end so you don't miss out on Andy's insider tips on storytelling and my suggestions for more free resources to help you improve things even further in your business. See revenue growth like never before with e-commerce specialists, Revenue Growth Agency. Revenue Growth Agency combines powerful storytelling with robust data-driven testing and learning to create impressive full-funnel digital marketing strategies, always focusing on new customer acquisition to fuel sustainable revenue growth over time. Revenue Growth Agency work as part of your own team to get under the skin of your business and your audience. If your brand has hit a revenue ceiling, Revenue Growth Agency has the key to unlock your true growth potential. Get started with a free 30-minute storytelling and strategy consultation. Quote Keep to get your session with Revenue Growth Agency's founder, Andy Donaldson, for free. Book via keepopt.com forward slash Revenue Growth Agency now. And yes, that's a free consultation with this episode's very own guest. Go to keepopt.com forward slash Revenue Growth Agency and quote keep. Okay, Andy. So far, we've gone deep into storytelling for customer acquisition. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of storytelling, which of course is pretty much the whole of e-commerce marketing. Uh, So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with storytelling, which of course does include everything we've already been talking about. Andy, are you ready? I think so. Let's start with newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? Why your brand exists. I think that's the first place to go to. Why do you exist? A lot of the time, that's something to do with the CEO or founder. Go back to them, find out why the company was set up, why the product was made. That's the start of your brand story. Simple as that, everyone. And uh, we've given you, well, I, I haven't given you any tips. Andy's given you loads of other tips to help you get started right in the earlier part of this interview too. Uh, now, once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing. So what's your favorite way to improve performance? So we mentioned earlier on the three-stage process. Start with that and how to keep optimizing from there is add new channels into each of the top two stages. So the example was purely based on meta. So look at TikTok and YouTube shorts and add your brand story, video and creative into those channels. That's the next logical step and just expand out from there. You might want to look at overall revenue improvements without wanting to get into the attribution side of things. But certainly, if you want to scale, focus on the upper funnel first before you then look at storytelling, which is the middle, and selling, which is the bottom. Oh, I love that. Start with the with the top of the funnel to expand. Okay. 
if someone listening wants to learn more, is there one cheap or free resource you would recommend? Absolutely, yeah. So where I got that Disney analogy from before is from a chap called Donald Miller. And Donald Miller wrote a book called Building a Story Brand. And he dissects how not just Disney, but other well-known films and how pretty much every story known to man and woman has been produced and so i think before you do that it's well worth i think it's 8.99 on amazon it's donald miller building a story brand have a read of that and a lot of what we say will make much more sense excellent recommendation we don't get books recommended enough on this podcast so very i'm particularly pleased with that one thank you Andy. (laughs) Uh, finally it's crystal ball time what's coming up in the next six to twelve months that we should be getting ready for so the biggest thing is the privacy policy and the removal of cookies so we are moving into 2024 a place that apple started three or four years ago which is we are removing the use of cookies in in understanding where our audience comes from and what they do when they arrive on our our website so it's making marketing efficiency and the reporting of marketing much more difficult so the reason why that's important to the purpose of storytelling is because we're almost going full circle. So brands, when they first started, had to start with the story because there was no other way to do it. And as performance marketing matured and data and visibility of, of channels became much more important, that's when I believe we've sort of slid down to the bottom of, of the funnel. Now we're removing the visibility from the bottom of the funnel. I think it's time now that we start to revisit sort of much more clear ways to engage new customers without the ability to for the, for the sort of thought and the heavy lifting to be done by attribution systems, cookies, and all the usual technology that marketers have have used. So I think from a crystal ball perspective, you're going to find more and more brands starting to go back to why they exist, what the story is, why people buy from them, and starting to play much more in that space and maybe swing more towards traditional media a little bit more maybe as well as part of that storytelling approach and not rely so much on the heavy lifting that cookies gave us. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting year. I, I I know a lot of people see it quite negatively. I see it as being actually quite good for the industry, let's put it. We'll all do better marketing, so it's got to be a good thing. Andy, before we go off on that one, which again could be another few days, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. We would now love to hear where our listeners can get in touch with you and your business. So could you tell us about that, please? Yeah, sure. So the main website is revenuegrowthagency.co.uk. I would advise listeners to subscribe to the Luxury Club uh, that's on our website. And what that essentially is, is a newsletter, uh, but also a resource base for all of our storytelling tips and tricks. So the last six months, we've done a series of webinars that are all on the Luxury Club, uh, some of which go into how you create your story, how you understand your audience better, uh, how to message things clearly, how to decide on what emotion you want to emote from your audience and how that connects desire to your brand. There's all sorts of stuff on there. So it's revenuegrowthagency.co.uk forward slash luxury hyphen club, but you'll see it in the top nav as well. Brilliant. And I have to say, I have had a good look at the uh, the Luxury Club and it's well worth checking out some of those those webinars and pieces. And also, Andy, I feel like this month I ought to be having a sweepstake with all the guests on how long it takes us to use the word emotion in each episode. <laughs> we almost made it to the end without using it. So, um, you know, I'm not... Is that good? Is that bad? Is it because it's so implicit? But yeah, emotion and storytelling, so impossible to to extricate from each other. So thank you so much for, for letting us know where we can find you and for access to that great information in the Luxury Club too. 
Annie, thank you so much for being a guest on the Keep Optimizing podcast. It's been brilliant talking storytelling with you. And the fact you've given us such practical advice on it is, uh, is absolutely awesome. So thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Really enjoyed it. Thanks, Chloe. So a lovely start to our storytelling month there. And I really do mean what I just said in that if you want your marketing to drive great return on investment or ROAS or whatever you want to call it, if you want to make more bang for your buck, then you really do need to get to grips with the more emotional, the more content heavy marketing methods or marketing tactics and storytelling is front and center of those, getting that story across. I can't believe how much Andy covered there. Lots of advice on putting your story together, some great examples, plus that funnel-based process, build stage at the top of the funnel. That's where you have that big story video. Then storytelling, the middle part where you go deeper, mainly images and text. So no, not loads and loads and loads of video to create and then sell, which is the practical, probably the stuff you're doing at the moment at the bottom of the funnel. And then I thought that advice about test it out purely on the meta platform with those ring fenced audiences, the information you get within the meta platform makes so much sense. And then, as he said in the insider tips, to grow it to optimize, to increase the impact, invest in expanding across the build, maybe the storytelling level. So go top of funnel to improve your results. So yeah, loads there. You can get the links to everything we discussed, the full transcript of the episode, our notes and more at keepoptimizing.com. Or you can use our special direct episode short links. Just put keepopt.com forward slash the number of this episode into the URL bar and you'll go straight to the correct page on the website. When you get to the website, you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. If you've enjoyed it and you want to carry on learning about storytelling right now, then you can find all our storytelling content via the short link keepopt.com forward slash story. Yes, this is the first time we're doing a whole month on storytelling, but we've covered it in other angles in other months before. So you'll find all that via the website keepopt.com forward slash story. And please tell your fellow marketers about it because we create this show to help as many marketers as possible to improve the performance of their e-commerce marketing. So I'd love to help your colleagues too. Have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z. Don't forget to book your free 30-minute storytelling and strategy consultation. Quote KEEP to get your session with Revenue Growth Agency's founder, Andy Donaldson, for free. Book via keepopt.com forward slash Revenue Growth Agency now.